In today's program, I'm talking about standing for God in the end times. What is the secret of being able to stand for Jesus until he comes? I'm also talking about the moral freefall in America and the digital currency that is one step closer to the mark of the beast. I'll be answering your questions such as, is the Bible sexist? Will we see the Antichrist sign the seven-year covenant with Israel? I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show, and I want to get right into this teaching and just say that there have been people that have been renouncing their faith in Christ. I'm going to t name some names in this program. I've mentioned this in some of the earlier programs, and people have asked me who they are. I want to give you some names because this is in the news. I'm not talking bad about people. They have publicly renounced their faith. These are Christian leaders, well-known Christian people who have renounced their faith. And the question is, how do you stand for Jesus in the end times, under the pressure that we're under, there this unprecedented persecution worldwide, worldwide right now against Christians, and there's not martyrdom in America per se, but there is around the world, that's for sure. But there's an increasing amount of pressure on us to bow our knee to secularism, wokeism, whatever you want to call it, uh, and to renounce our faith in Jesus Christ, or at least to renounce the morality of the Bible, the way that it, uh, the Bible teaches morality. And so how do, you, how do you know that you have the strength to stand in the end times and you're not going to be one of those people who falls, who renounces their faith? Well, let me read a scripture from Daniel 11. This is now talking about the Antichrist, is talking about the tribulation and the abomination of desolation and a group of people during the tribulation period of time while the Antichrist is martyring masses that they stand for God in the end times. This is Daniel 11 beginning in verse 30, so he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant. Talking about the Antichrist. Forces shall be mustered by him and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. They shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who know they're in the middle of the tribulation when the abomination of desolation is taking place. Daniel talks about it. Jesus talks about it. The apostle Paul talks about the abomination of desolation. Jesus said, by the way, after the abomination of desolation, it would be the worst period of time in human history. Jesus is the one who coined the term great tribulation. He said there'll be great tribulation such as not happened since the beginning of the world. And if those days had not been cut short, no flesh would have survived the most difficult time in the history of the world to be a Christian, even to be on the earth. And it says, but those who know their God, the people who know their God, will be strong and carry out great exploits. Listen to what else it says. And those of the people who understand shall instruct many, yet for many days they shall fall by sword, by flame, by, captiv by captivity, and by plundering. There's going to be mass martyrdom the Antichrist is going to be killing Christians, millions, if not hundreds of millions of Christians during the tribulation. But it says, but the people who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. And the theme of this teaching is if you want to stand for Jesus in the end times, you have to know God, not know about God. You have to know God. Well, let me give you some names now of people who are announcing Christ. I mentioned one a couple of weeks ago. His name is Paul Maxwell. 
Uh, it says, former Desiring God writer Paul Maxwell renounces his Christian faith. But I want to read you part of the article that is quoting what he said. Now remember, Christian leader and author, he now renounces God. Uh, here's what he says. Um, I think it's important to say that I'm not just, uh, that I'm just not a Christian anymore, and it really feels good. I'm really happy. I'm really happy. I can't wait to discover what kind of connection I can have with all of you beautiful people as I try to figure out what's next, Maxwell said. I love you guys. I'm really in a good spot, probably the best spot of my life. I'm so full of joy for the first time. I love my life for the first time. I love myself for the first time. Well, that's really interesting. Is It seems as though Jesus, you know, in the faith was just kind of a prison to him. It was shackles that was keeping him from, you know, being all that he wanted to be. This is certainly the way he's making it sound here. Not a good advertisement for Jesus, to say the least. It says in this article, Maxwell joins other well-known Christians, John Steingart, from the band Hawk Nelson, uh, I Kiss Dating Goodbye author Joshua Harris, and Hillsong worship musician Marty Sampson, who have recently said they renounce or they are losing their faith. And so this is something more atheists now in America than ever before, more people who don't associate with any religion in America now than ever before. And so I want to remind all of you that Christianity is not a religion the way that there are other religions. Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so Jesus did not come to earth to live and die and be resurrected so he could start another religion. The last thing on earth the world needs is another religion. Let me define this for you. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. In a religion, there's always works. It's always works-based. You have to merit somehow your way to God. Christianity is God's attempt to get to men. God coming in Jesus Christ to die for our sins, to be resurrected, to show us the way of life so that we could now have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, there's a parable in Matthew 24. This is, by the way, where Jesus mentions the abomination of desolation. In Matthew 24, all of Matthew 24 is about the end times. They asked Jesus, when's the end coming? He gave a great answer, a very detailed answer. Matthew 25 comes directly out of Matthew 24. It's two parables and a true story. Jesus telling us how to prepare for the end when he comes again. And he t tells the, the first parable he tells is the parable of the ten virgins. And what Jesus is saying here, the virgins represent the church, people who are associated with the bridegroom. And they're waiting for the bridegroom, but five are wise and five are foolish. And Jesus comes to the wise and he lets them in to the marriage supper, to, to the wedding. The foolish ones are not ready. They have to go buy oil and come back. And it says, uh, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open up, open to us. And he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And so I'm asking a question for all of you who are watching right now, because many of you, you know, you know that you're a believer. Are you a Christian as a noun? In other words, people say, are you a Buddhist? Are you Hindu? Are you Muslim? Are you Christian? You say, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know what? The noun. I identify with Christianity as a religion. Okay, well, that's, that's worthless. Is That will not get you to heaven. Do you know Jesus Christ? That's the question. Do you know him? It says that those who know their God will do great exploits. 
at the marriage supper of the Lamb when Jesus returns. He says, if, if you know me, I'm going to open the door to you and you're going to come into the wedding. If I do not know you, I'm not going to let you in. I don't care how you're dressed. I don't care what you call yourself. It doesn't matter if you identify yourself as a virgin. And by the way, Jesus is saying when he returns, half the church will be false. And I, believe, I, I can't tell you which church is true and which church is false. I can't tell you necessarily which Christian is true, which Christian is false. But I can tell you this, there are a lot of denominations and a lot of Christians today who have renounced, even if they haven't renounced Jesus, they've renounced the Bible. Many parts of the Bible, abortion, morality, a lot of parts of the Bible that are very clear, they're ashamed of it. And this is, by the way, this, this Paul Maxwell, that's what he's saying. He, I'm, I'm ashamed of what I've, I've been identified with, and now that I don't have those shackles on me any longer, I'm free to love all these people that I couldn't love before. Let me say it, I'm a Christian and I love Jesus, and I love people, and I don't care who you are. I love you, but I love you too much to agree with you if you don't agree with the Bible. I love you too much. When I was in sin, before I became a Christian, I thank God that people loved me enough to pray for me and tell me the truth. Those are the people, the people who really love you are not the people who tell you what you want to hear. They tell you who you, what you need to hear. And as believers, we need to be loving, we need to be compassionate, we need to be polite. We need to be strong. We need to know our God. If a group of people during the tribulation can stand for Jesus, we can stand for Jesus. If a group of people in the tribulation are willing to give their lives for Jesus, we need to be willing to give our lives for Jesus Christ. But let, me, let me talk about how to know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Okay? How do you know? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you how you can know. The first is you've made him the Lord of your life. Now, this is Romans 10, beginning with verse 8. What does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto, unto salvation. For the scripture says, Who, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I just want you to realize how many times it says Lord there. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Okay, the fundamental problem that we have is rebellion. All we like sheep have gone astray. But the Lord has laid the iniquity of us all upon him, the iniquity of rebellion. So I come to Jesus and I say, Lord, I confess with my mouth you as my Lord. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. What does that mean? Jesus and Jesus alone atoned for our sins. He's not in the grave. He was resurrected. And that was the proof that he is who he says he is and that God received the blood of Jesus as the atonement for our sins. In other words, there's a teaching called universalism that just teaches all religions lead to heaven. All roads lead to the same path. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father but through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through me. And some people say, well, that, that's narrow-minded. Everybody's welcome. There's no one, there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. That's what it says there. Everyone's welcome. The ultimate sin is rejecting the grace of God. Not only is everyone welcome, it's free to everyone. Everyone can receive, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But it begins by calling on the name of the Lord and making Jesus Lord of your life. Number two, how do you know God, how do you know that you know the Lord? You pray and you hear God's voice. This is John 10. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, 
but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My sheep hear my voice. I got saved at 19 years old. Very immoral, very rebellious lifestyle. I got saved one morning, about 10 in the morning, in my friend's bathroom. And I said to Jesus, um, Lord, I'll serve you for the rest of my life, and I'll never turn back. And the instant I said those words, the Lord spoke to my heart now. Never see your friends again. I had a bunch of bad friends. And the Bible says, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 33. If you're around bad people, you're going to become like them. Your friends are your future. And so I had to break off the relationship. That's the first thing I ever heard. Two weeks later, the Lord spoke to me and called me into the ministry when I was 19 years old, two weeks after I got saved. How does God speak? He doesn't speak here. He speaks here. He speaks on the inside. He speaks in a still, small voice that we can hear. It always agrees with the Word of God. It always agrees with Scripture. But we have to, if we have a relationship with Jesus, we have to realize prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. When I pray every morning, I prayed this morning, I hear God. I mean, the Lord speaks to me. It's very consistent. It's very loving. It's always very scriptural, extremely comforting. And so if you have a relationship with someone, there's going to be communication that goes both ways. That's true of Jesus. Uh, number three, uh, how do you know that you know God? You read God's word and consider it authoritative in your life. Your relationship with the word of God will tell you a lot about whether you know God or not. This is John 8. Again, Jesus talking to the Pharisees. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come for myself, but he sent me. Why do, you not, why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Listen, he who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear God because you are not of God. And so the, the word of God, what is your response to the word of God? I know many of you who watch this regularly, you're very word-oriented. You love the word of God, even if the word offends us, even if the word tells us something that we don't want to hear you still love the Word of God. That's a major sign that you know God. If you don't like God's Word, if you don't read God's Word, if you don't like listening to things in the Word of God that make you unpopular or uncomfortable, that's a warning sign. 2 Thessalonians 2, the coming of the lawless one, that's the Antichrist. The coming of the lawless one is according to the work of Satan. With all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception, among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. The Antichrist is anti-word. He, he stands completely opposite of the Word of God. Jesus Christ in John chapter 1 is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word of God. And so we, we know that Jesus is the living embodiment of the Word of God. Satan in the Antichrist is the living embodiment against the Word of God. And we have to choose sides. Do we choose the word or do we choose against the word? It's a major sign. Okay, this is number four uh, way that you know that you know God, that you know Jesus. You're willing to deny yourself and suffer for him. Okay, Matthew 16. 
Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone desires to come after me, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. If you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Very, very clear words here. And what Jesus is saying here is he doesn't want a bunch of selfish whiners uh, as followers. He wants people who are willing to sacrifice. So if you came to me and you said, hey, Jimmy, there's a family across town over there and, um, you know, a, a wife, a, mo a mother, and there's several children over there. And they need you to suffer for them and sacrifice for them and, and maybe even die for them. And I would say, well, really, I don't, I don't know those people, you know. But what about my own family? It's different when you know somebody. My wife and my kids and my grandkids, I'd, I'd give my life for them in a heartbeat. Okay, what's the point there? If you don't know Jesus, you're not willing to suffer for him. You, you don't suffer for somebody that you don't know. And if someone uh, in the tribulation, there's this group of people that those who know their God will do great exploits, but they're falling by the sword and by all different means. They're dying, but they're standing, and they're doing great exploits. If you know Jesus, it means you've made him the Lord of your life. You pray and hear his voice, his voice you, you read God's word, and you're willing to sacrifice. You're willing to sacrifice some friends. You're willing to sacrifice some likes on social media. You're willing to sacrifice some opportunities that you might have if you didn't have those beliefs. And when I was reading these about these people who renounce Christ, they're renouncing Christ so that they can be popular over here so that they can go over here and they don't have this, this stigma on them of you believe these things that make you into a hater or whatever. No, no. Jesus is the ultimate lover of people. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world so that every person can know him. Don't believe the lie that believing in Jesus makes you into a hater or a bad person. Believing in Jesus makes you into a Christ follower who's willing to live for Jesus and die for Jesus for the betterment of all mankind, and that's the truth. The secret of standing in the end times is knowing Jesus Christ personally. The most important question that any person will ever ask you in your lifetime is, do you know Jesus? It's the most important question in all of eternity. And if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is your Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If you haven't done that, I encourage you to do that right now. Just pray that prayer, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I make you the Lord of my life. I believe in you. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Forgive me of my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. If you prayed that prayer, Jesus came into your heart. You're a believer. Now live for Jesus. We're going to go to the subscriber-only portion of our program right now. If you're not a subscriber, and by the way, this Tipping Point show is just one part of endtimes.com. We have articles that come out all week long, great articles on end times. And so if you're not a subscriber, $7 a month or $77 a year, we would love to have you as a subscriber. If you're not a subscriber, I'm saying bye to you. If you are, stay tuned for the next segment.